Hello, hola, and welcome to the VO Median, a midlifer's journey into the craft of voiceover. My name is Javier Torres, your host, and this is episode two, Voice Acting, The Real Story. So let's go back for a moment and listen to that title again, especially that last part, The Real Story. Interesting choice of words, that. And here is why. Because if one thing that I have learned since starting out in voice acting last November of 2021 is that a voice actor is, in essence, a storyteller. And that may sound simplistic. After all, Merriam-Webster's dictionary defines storyteller as a teller of stories, a relator of anecdotes, a writer of stories, and my personal favorite, a reciter of tales. We are, in its most basic form, a teller of stories. And that's that, right? Well, no, most definitely, and categorically, no, that's not that. Nine months into it, and I can tell you, voiceover is both as a craft and an art. An activity as nuanced, varied, and demanding as stage acting, singing, or even dancing. Guys, in a very real sense, we are high-performance athletes. Our activity as technically and physically demanding as that of any other athlete, especially when performed at the highest levels of our craft. Think of Sarah Brightman from The Phantom of the Opera or Hugh Jackman in The Greatest Showman or, in our case, as voiceover artists, Steve Blum as Wolverine in X-Men Chronicles or Star Wars Rebels. So where do similarities align as far as stage performance or voice acting? Well, let's break it down. 1. Stage acting and acting in general. VO, voiceover for short, can be extremely animated, especially if you're doing characterizations like anime, cartoons, video games, and basically non-human type characters. The effort, both physically and emotionally, can place tremendous strain on your voice and your body. Ask any established voiceover actor doing this sort of work, and they will agree that although talent will get you the role, it is technique and acting chops that will keep you from blowing out your voice and blowing your employment chances in the long run. 2. Singing Professional singers, both stage and off, know how important it is to keep their vocal tract in excellent condition. The same holds true for consummate VO professionals. This may sound obvious to any voice artist who's been around for a while. However, it's surprising how many aspiring students of the craft don't take this crucial part of their careers seriously. Voiceover actors must be at least as diligent and disciplined as professional singers in taking care of their vocal tract. It is their main instrument and their means of livelihood. 3. Dancing Okay, so no twirling, plies, or faux de pas here, but certainly the vocal cords, which are muscle and tissue covered by elastic tissue, require a careful and thorough warm-up before each performance. In many respects, similar to a dancer warming up prior to the theater curtains going up. 
and like the great dancers that make it look so easy and seamless. VO actors must continue with warm-ups, routines and exercises between shows to keep their vocal muscles lithe, strong and flexible. Before I got on this journey, my knowledge and now increasing respect for voiceover actors was, at best, recreational. I say this since I had always wondered and daydreamed on more than one occasion how cool it would be to inspire others with my voice, like James Page from the PBS Nature series, or maybe, and there I say, as the legendary David Attenborough from Discovery Theater's Blue Planet series, and even, yes, James Earl Jones, this is CNN, was also part of those daydreams, for sure. But part of that real story that I mentioned is being real. And that's it. I mean, it was daydreams. And that's as far as it went. It's like that famous John C. Maxwell quote, Dreams don't work unless you do. And that was me. Until nine months ago, when a friend suggested I look into voice acting and take advantage of my bilingual upbringing in English and Spanish. He gave me a couple of resources, a couple of links, and I explored and got hooked. This is as close as stage acting as I would ever get. And since that moment, I have committed fully and without hesitation to my VO education. And here's what I mean. One. I auditioned early to get it straight from an authority in the voice acting industry if I had the voice and chops for starting out in this career. From the get-go, and this is what I really liked, they said that they would be honest in telling me if I should keep going or else stop and do something entirely different. They gave me the go flag, so here I am. Two, spent the next couple of months doing my homework regarding where to begin my education, reading a lot about the industry, its perks, demands, and challenges. Here's a list of the books I have read, uh, mostly, uh, and which I consider are a must, and also books that are suggested by established industry luminaries. 1. Storyteller How to Be an Audiobook Narrator by Lorelei King 2. There is Money Where Your Mouth Is Elaine Clark. 3. Voiceover Voice Actor by Yuri Lowenthal. And 4. Word of Mouth. Susan Blue. B-L-U. Continuing with my education efforts. 3. Joined a six-month in-depth course on voice acting where, among many other subjects, I am getting my education on vocal track techniques, voiceover styles such as documentaries, audiobooks, commercial narration, animation, e-learning, etc., editing and recording techniques, in-depth study and use of digital audio workstations, also known as DAWs, working in radio, podcast design, marketing and understanding the business of voiceover, etc. 4. I also joined a Discord group where I can participate, learn, and apply what I have learned with other more experienced voiceover actors, many of them specializing in animation and cartoon voiceover. 5. I'm currently creating my first podcast, 
the VO median. This as an educational effort and also as an accountability vehicle. 6. Attending lessons in English speaking voiceover with live guests once per month where they share their knowledge and allow us as students to ask questions regarding anything having to do with the VO industry. 7. Volunteering my voice for narrating public domain books for the general public and the visually impaired. A final word, guys. This is, as I mentioned in episode 1 of the VO Median podcast, what it means to be insatiably curious about the industry. And yes, it will sound cliché, but this is indeed only the tip of the iceberg. What I have shared here with you today is only a small glimpse of what is out there. And I haven't even touched on social media yet. That's definitely important, but deserves a separate explanation on another episode. The real story, my story, is probably similar to other stories out there for aspiring VO artists walking down this winding road full of twists and turns, but a road which inevitably will lead to me becoming an established professional voiceover artist. We've come to the end of this episode. I sincerely hope you have enjoyed the content, but more importantly, that you may have learned something that perhaps you didn't know before. If that's the case, could I ask a big favor? Please subscribe. And if you know someone who could benefit from this podcast, share this episode with them and invite them to subscribe as well. Thank you for listening. I really hope I can be of further service to you in future episodes. This is Javier Torres, your host, and I'll see you in the next episode of the VO Median. Bye now.